Hey there, creatives. You're listening to another episode of the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. Today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation with you with fellow art therapist and uh, coach uh, Miriam Martinez. And Miriam has a, um, a like a coaching practice, uh, Wild Woman's Creative corner community and um and she talks in this episode all about like breaking down different um conditioning that uh many of us as women and i'm sure as men too um that some of these messages apply as well um how she helps break those things down so that people can live a more fulfilled and empowered life um, that is creatively and intentionally designed. And I just really loved this conversation that I had with her. And I hope that you will too. The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist podcast. I am delighted to welcome my next guest. Her name is Miriam Martinez, and she is a licensed psychotherapist, a registered art therapist, a woman's life strategist, successful entrepreneur, and founder of the Wild Woman's Creative Corner Community. Miriam brings over 15 years experience working with women around issues of stress, self-inadequacy, and self-identity. She guides women towards a path of learning to embrace their womanity and love themselves fiercely, own their power and strength. Miriam deeply believes that women are creative, intuitive, intelligent beings that are often conditioned to put themselves last and therefore lose touch with themselves and their creative spirit. Miriam's calling in this life is to teach women the power and importance of putting themselves first, loving themselves as much as their own best friend, and tapping into their creativity for personal and professional happiness, ease, and success. Miriam is based out of Northern California and is the mom of two teens and two fur babies. Welcome, Miriam. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Raina. I'm so happy to be here. So. I know that um, basically your your business is really focused on like a coaching model. Do you still provide therapy or have you switched totally to just focusing on coaching in your work? Um, I do still provide therapy and I haven't actually made any major decisions about whether I'm going to make the full transition. It varies day to day, quite frankly. Um, depending on how I'm feeling about either. 
but I see myself doing less and less clinical work mm-hmm. and focusing more on the coaching piece for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what brought you to like move into the coaching realm? I feel like it's a lot of therapists are kind of pushing out in this direction. Mm-hmm. What was motivating for you to go that way in your business? Well, I've been practicing, you know, for a long time. And I want to say maybe about five years ago, you know, I was at that 10 year mark, you know, kind of reflecting a little bit going into midlife, you know, and feeling, you know, quite stressed, to be honest, you know what I mean? Um, Feeling a little bit frustrated coming to work, you know, a little bit irritable, that kind of stuff. I was picking up on my, my body, you know, my sense of how I was feeling, you know, being in the room, all that kind of stuff. And so I remember I came into my office and I sat down and I asked myself, do you see yourself doing this for another 20 years? Right. And my whole body <laughs> said, no. Wow. And so it was a very poignant moment, you know, to sit and really be truthful with myself about where I was at rather than trying to like push through, which is what I think a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. you know especially in our field you know we just kind of push through push through um and I just thought I didn't want to push through anymore I, I had been pushing through and that's probably why you know I felt that way you know I was yeah. really tired having built my practice you know all that kind of stuff working with a lot of trauma you know mm-hmm. all those all those goodies so once once I answered my question then it was a matter of trying to figure out, well, how in the world does being a therapist translate into the general population, <laughs> right? So it seemed like an, a natural process, you know, to explore coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I'm very much of, uh, of the mind of paying attention to signs, information from the universe about direction. And so I was on my feed, of course, and I get this, you know, ad for uh, a therapist turned coach who was helping therapist turned coach. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, <laughs> okay, that's interesting that that came up right now. Um, and then I looked the woman up and she happened to be Facebook friends with one of my colleagues. And so I called her and was like, so (laughs) tell me about this person, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, she's great, you know, whatever. And so that was my first coaching program, you know, to help myself move into coaching. And it was not an easy experience because, you know, as therapists, we're not trained to run businesses. No. And and every coaching program is going to be about building your business and, you know, the structure of that and all that. And I was like, Am I in another country? I don't understand this language at all. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been a growing curve, to say the least, you know, over the last five years, you know, um, to work on this transition. And it hasn't been an easy five years. I lost both my parents in that process, you know, and and that just kind of fed fed that, you know, desire Mm -hmm. to to push towards something that brought me back to life. Yes. As, as opposed to feeling, you know, heavy in my body or unhappy or unsatisfied, you know. So, yeah, there's something about death in that way that really, at least for me, you know, that really prompts you to think about how do I want to spend this last half of my life? You know? I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Wholeheartedly. 
um, in 2019, my mom was really sick. And um, at the time I was spending a lot of time with her, like spending, driving up to see her every, every week. And, um, and then while I was there, I was looking at, okay, how do I, how do I create a podcast? What is it that I, how do you do that? And so it was something to like, keep me focused on, on something positive while going through this really stressful experience. And of course she passed and, um, sorry. No, thank you. I'm sorry too. It's right. There's nothing we can do about it. It is part of our experience and it's okay. It like good things are still happening as a result of absolutely life, life goes on and Mm -hmm. they would want that for us. Mm -hmm. But it, but like you're saying, like when you go through that experience, it really does cause a personal reflection of how do I want my life to be? What do I want to be living in the finite time that I have potentially left here? Um, Nothing like that, that uh, experience to really bring it around and like confront us with our own mortality. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's the best way to frame it right now. It's, it's a confrontation with your own mortality because mm-hmm. I think it's really easy as humans to walk around like, la la la, you know, that never happens. Right. <laughs> and then when it happens, you know, it's like, whoa, it does happen. And whoa, there's, there is an expiration date, you know, on this life and I better take it seriously then. I guess that's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt, you know, like I better, I better get with the program and live the life I want to live because it does end at some point. Right. I think too, there's something about when, when you're in a business or you're in a career for a while and it's monotonous in some ways, like you're kind of stuck in the daily grind and, um, and you're not really living intentionally anymore. You're just kind of going through the motions. Um, and that doesn't feel good. Oh, it feels awful. It feels awful because I mean, even when I think about it, it just feels like I'm just not in my body. Like I'm just somewhere else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, not in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's something about pushing ourselves into doing our own business. I think that we really have to ponder the intentionality of what we're creating Otherwise it will mow us over in its own development, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much empowerment in that, Mm -hmm. you know, like recognizing like, oh, this is my life. This is my life to lead. Mm -hmm. It's up to me (laughs) to Mm -hmm. determine, right? How it goes outside of things I can't control. (laughs) Right. Of course. Of course. Because there's so much of that. Um, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how does that like translate into what you're doing in your coaching business? I feel like they're very connected. They very much are. They very much are. It's an interesting kind of process, you know, in terms of the types of clients I've worked with, the kind of work I've done, because initially my work, and I still do this kind of work, you know, is around young children and parenting, mm-hmm. right? So part of my other world is being a parent coach and working a lot with parents around, you know, issues of discipline and behavior and all that kind of stuff. And I have specialized training in that area. 
But what I noticed along the way over the course of the years is that there was this huge deficit for the mom. There was this mm. depletion. There was this these belief systems that were so harsh and negative, you know, about who they should or shouldn't be. Were they being good moms? I mean, like the anxiety was just so intense. And usually they would end up work doing their individual work with me. Like, you know, we would get through the parenting piece and they would kind of recognize, oh, I think it might, be, you know, help me a little bit. So they would eventually come in and do their work. And, and the themes were just constant. I'm not good enough, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't do enough. Mm -hmm. I'm just not enough, right? There's something wrong with me. And it was just heartbreaking, you know, to yeah. watch that over and over again. And so I started transitioning more into working, you know, with, with women. And so once I decided to move into coaching, I was like, oh, well, that's easy. I want to specialize in working with women and getting this ridiculous stuff out of their heads, you know, mm -hmm. and helping them get into their bodies, you know, and loving themselves and having self-compassion and treating themselves the way they care for other people. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like they just can't that the guilt <laughs> over caring for themselves is like mind blowing. Right. It's interesting because it's there's almost like an it's it's like an irony. Right. Like there there's this inability to equate taking care of oneself as being selfless. Right. There's this strong association that if I make time for myself, and I prioritize this for myself to take care of myself so that I can feel my best, that I'm taking that time away from my loved ones. And therefore it's a selfish decision. Yeah. And I, that does come up a lot, right? I do a lot of work with kids too, and mm -hmm. um, definitely hear that similar storyline from moms that there's not enough time for them as individuals. Right. And then, and then when there is a lot of the time where they have an opportunity for that, they don't take it because they just feel so bad, you know, they feel mm -hmm. so guilty. And so a lot of the times, you know, the work is around understanding the definition of selfish, <laughs> mm. which means you only think of you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's not what's happening. You're yeah. actually including yourself finally into the equation, right? That's, yeah. that's the only shift that's happening. You don't stop caring about other people just because you all of a sudden start taking care of you. Like your heart and your body don't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> your emotions don't work like that, you know? So it's just including yourself in the equation of the people you care for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever heard of like the bucket fillers program. Mm -hmm. No. Um, in like the schools, at least here, there was a, a program and there was like a book and it taught little kids about how to fill your own bucket. Like you have to oh, fill yes. your own bucket in order to give and flow out mm -hmm. to others. Mm -hmm. And, um, which I think is great that that was happening here and teaching little kids that concept so early on. Yeah. Um, because how can we adequately care for the people that we love and really are wanting our love and affection and attention 
well if we're feeling so depleted ourselves. Right. And, you know, our, it's certainly our kids pick up on that energy, you know, I can be oh, yeah. here and, and, and feel good in my body, or I can be here and feel stressed and tense because I'm not doing the laundry or whatever, you know what I mean, while I'm spending yeah. time with my kid. And that's a lot of the pressure that women feel. I mean, that's the perfection image, right? Or the myth of the perfect mom and the perfect woman, you know, can do it all and can do it seamlessly. There's, there's no issues, kids are well-behaved, organic meals are on the table. You know, I mean, it's like, wow. And, and, and we're so conditioned to believe that that is what is required, you know, to have happiness or to have happy, healthy children. And it's like, absolutely not. It's the opposite. Right. Because, you know, perfectionism is, you know, trying to reach something that is unreachable. So it's always mm -hmm. going to feel stressful. Right. Well, it's, and it's always going to feel never enough. Never enough. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So to back off a little bit from that conditioning is a lot of the work, you know, that I do mm -hmm. with women. And I think the number one message I want to give women is like, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Right. Like you're just a good old human. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so it. powerful and important message to send to people though. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think especially for women, you know, because they are just so hard on themselves, you know, for everything. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick to jump, you know, to, to self-criticism and, and deprecation. And it's just heartbreaking, you know, for me to watch that. And so once I start seeing the shift and I start hearing different language or like a different approach, it's like, yay, <laughs> <laughs> yippee, there you are finding yourself and you know, enjoying your life again. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And relieving yourself of all those unnecessary pressures. Uh, that's really an important, an important skill. Um, mm -hmm. An important skill, I think, for therapists as business owners too. I mean, yes. a lot, obviously in our profession, we do have males in our profession, but we're dominated by mm -hmm. female it's a predominantly energy. female energy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I think that there, it, there is so much pressure both to get it all right at home, but to get it all right. And to have it all together, to have this like polished look of like, I'm, I've got everything under control. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I think that there's a, there's an added pressure for us as therapists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to present a certain way. I, I know that I didn't even know it was happening to me, right? But mm -hmm. as I look back, I can see now, you know, that I was expecting that I that I wouldn't struggle somehow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or the, because I'm a parenting expert, then, you know, my kids wouldn't struggle or whatever. Yeah, I know. And so now it's like, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I was, I was doing it too. And that belief system was making me feel ashamed, mm -hmm. you know, and it was creating depression because I was having this unrealistic expectation of myself, specifically as a therapist, specifically as a therapist that works with children mm, <laughs> and yes. teaches other people how to parent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so what's, the, what's wrong with me? That's like, then that question, right. That question inevitably comes up. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it filters back into like, well, if I can't, if I can't help my family, how can I help other people's families? 
But the difference is we can't be objective about our own experience, right? Because we're in it. Absolutely not. (laughs) And that we need help too sometimes and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, once I leaned into that and everybody got therapy and, you know, couples therapy and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it was like, oh, okay. That's all that needed to happen. (laughs) Everybody's good now. Right. Because I'm, I'm back to being realistic and, and what is appropriate, you know, for my kids at different ages, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, this is just what life is. And I'm a human in this experience and I'm having human experiences and we're all having human experiences. Here's a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by Florida Art Therapy Services, a small group art therapy practice offering telehealth and in-office individual and group therapy services, as well as continuing education and professional development and workshops for therapists. Florida Art Therapy Services has multiple continuing education opportunities coming up in 2022. We'll be offering our signature 12-hour qualified supervisor training for licensed mental health folks in Florida. That would be the LCSW, LMFT, and LMHCs. That'll be offered on May 22nd and 23rd. This course has all the things that you need to be able to get started offering qualified supervision to folks pursuing licensure in Florida, and we make it fun and interactive and break it up with lots of experientials throughout the training. And we're going to also be offering a new course. It's a six-hour supervision in art therapy course specifically for art therapists in need of the continuing education hours to provide supervision for colleagues pursuing their ATR. And this will be offered on June 3rd. All these trainings are online via Zoom, so you can take them no matter where you are. And we're also going to be offering the EPICS visual-based career assessment training, which is based on the Holland Codes and was developed by art therapist Karen Anderson Vignon. It's going to be a two and a half hour CE event, and you'll be able to take the assessment and learn how you can use this dynamic tool with clients. And it's going to be taught by Karen herself. If you want to learn more about Epics, uh, check out episode 62 of the podcast, uh, which features a conversation with her and myself all about uh, how she developed the assessment tool and how she's utilizing it to uh, help people find their ideal career. And if you're interested in learning more about these or any other continuing education opportunities that Florida Art Therapy Services has to offer, head on over to the website, www.floridaarttherapyservices.com. In the menu bar, you'll just click on continuing education and there'll be a drop down, and you can choose uh, from the variety of trainings that we offer. CEUs provided by Florida Art Therapy Services, Um, are offered by CE provider number 50-21407 by the Florida Board of Clinical Social Work, Marriage and Family Therapy and Mental Health Counseling. And that expires on March 31st, 2023. And that's one of the clauses that we have to include when we're promoting um, the trainings that we offer. So head on over to the website again, floridaarttherapyservices.com. 
and click on continuing education and you'll find all the continuing ed offerings that we have. Yes, we are all having human experiences for sure. And I think it's wonderful to be able to share that message with other people, um, especially folks that are wanting to push out like they're stuck where they are and in their career, and they really want to take that leap out into creating their own business. But mm -hmm. there's so much of the fear that comes up and, and that, oh, yeah. you know, that voice of the so enoughness. Much yes, so much fear. And I think, you know, in our industry, there are people that judge the transition. You know, there are people that judge the, the coaching industry, you know, as a whole. And so I think sometimes, yeah. you know, again, we're, some of us are careful, mm -hmm. you know, about who, who we share that with and whatnot, you know, because we don't want to be judged or, or criticized for that decision. You know, I mean, I feel confident about the decision that I'm making and I feel good about it, but I also don't want to put myself in a situation where somebody's going to, you know, say something negative about it if I can help it. Right. But, but I think that adds an added pressure for a lot of people. And that, that, I think that really speaks to um, kind of a place where we're at in society right now, where so much of our marketing for our business requires us to be hyper visible, uh -huh. you know, like social media and videos and content and, uh -huh it requires us to be showing up and to be visible. And when we do that, it puts us in that place that not everybody's going to like what we're doing. Not everybody's going to agree with our approach or the way, you know, our philosophy on work and what we're doing. Um, yeah. I, I think it's helpful not to listen to the naysayers when oh, they yes. do show up. Mm -hmm. they will yeah. mm -hmm. those are just not your people move along right yeah yeah not your people yeah. not your people um, best not to spend too much time there but I don't think that we should not put ourselves out there because putting ourselves out there help connect us with the people that are really in need of yes. what we're offering Yes, that's it. I could completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. But I know for me, you know, and I think this is fairly common, you know, to the therapists I talk to you in, in our training, you know, we're not, we're almost like not supposed to be people. Right. <laughs> we're not supposed to be human, you know what I mean? And so we can't show ourselves and we can't self-disclose and we, you know, and, and over the years, I was like, how does that help my client? Right. How does that help my client if I don't come in with coffee spilled on my shirt or if I'm late or whatever I messed up your billing mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and so every time I do make a mistake you know in front of a client I'm like oh yay you get to see me being human I'm so vulnerable <laughs> right now you know I just gotta name it and model that you know like it's okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's okay to be human you know but I think that that's that's a lot of what you know we as therapists struggle with. And so then the transition, you know, at least for me, you know, into coaching where it's like, oh yeah, you got to like be everywhere. I was like, oh, you know, right. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> right. Not only that, but you're everywhere and you're telling your story. Right. Right. And you're sharing, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more transparency. Yeah. 
But now, I mean, like you said, and this is a lot of the work that I do with women too, you know, really learning for myself and now sharing with the women that I work with that if, if we don't let our own light shine, you know, mm. we don't let our own gifts unfold onto the world, you know what I mean? Then we're not helping the world. Yeah become a better place you know because I think about all of the coaches you know and therapists and all kinds of healers that I've worked with and where would I be you know if any of those people hadn't right done what they were doing I constantly think about that you know and so that that helps me keep moving you know on days where I'm like I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know if I'm making a difference and you know all that kind of junk that floats around in your head sometimes as an entrepreneur yeah fairly common but that's kind of what gets me back you know centered it's like well look at all the people that have helped me and what would happen if they had it sure right gone out into the world and told me they were there no most definitely we we have to be visible in order to um for people to know that there's our their services are available to them um it's just I think for a lot of people starting off, you know, they really connect with what you were saying earlier, that, that fear and the uncertainty about being enough or being knowledgeable enough. I think in our industry, there is that sense that we're never knowledgeable enough. Like, yes, it's possible. We, we will never be able to know everything that there is about the human experience because we're so complicated and there's so yes. much to learn and there's so many different modalities and approaches of how do we integrate all of these things. And yet wherever we are in our career, we know enough at that juncture, right? But it's that like, how do you hold those two things at the same time kind of thing? Um, but I, I see that a lot with therapists think like, well, I just need this one more training and then I'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it, it, it just feeds the never enoughness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feeds that, you know, and I've, I've struggled with that myself, you know, and I, I think that part of what happens, and certainly I see this with, with women, is that we don't ever like spend a lot of time acknowledging our success. Mm. And so did you really sit with your degree and look at it (laughs) and give it a hug? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, do you, and and if it's on your wall, do you, do you look up at it and just glow, you know, just for a few minutes or, you know, if you did do an intensive training, like, did you look at the certificate? Did you take it in that you actually did this? Because I don't think we do that, Raina. I think, and that's part of our culture, right? Do the next thing, do the next thing. It's like you don't even spend any time with what you just accomplished, with what you just created. You know, you don't take Mm -hmm. it in, you don't take it into your body, into your soul, you know, all Mm -hmm. of this work that you just put in. And how can you ever feel full? Right. You don't take, you don't digest what's being given to you. You just take Mm -hmm. a little bite. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, you have to really embody the whole experience, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you just accomplished. It doesn't matter whether you took a 20 minute walk or whatever your goal was. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I had a therapist one time tell me like, well, do you ever look at your checks, you know, that people give you? And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, so it's that. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, look at my 
my pay. Look at my bank statements. Look where I'm at. Look what I'm doing. Look what I've done. Look what, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's what keeps us feeling not enough. That's certainly one of the big contributors. Right. It's like we're not taking enough inventory and celebrating nope. all that we've generated and created mm-hmm. up to the moment that we're in. We're yes. just so focused on the what is coming next exactly what we're trying to create next but Mm -hmm. I think that something happens when we learn to just surrender and just Mm -hmm. to just be open to you know there's more coming but I don't have to be so hyper focused on getting there if I can just have fun in the doing of what I'm doing each day yes um then I'll eventually get there and it'll be wonderful when I do, but I'm not, I don't need to be there in order to feel satisfaction and in the appreciate. Now. Yeah. In the now. Right. Yes. Um, Such an important practice, you know, in my opinion, and that's going to help. I think everybody feel just a little bit more full every day, mm-hmm. you know, look at what yeah. I did. Sometimes mm-hmm. I break it down to just like, did you get out of bed? Did you, did you Sometimes that's a big accomplishment. Yes. Gold star for you. Good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did. I facilitated this uh, this half day retreat a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about all of these subjects. And I invited the the women in the group to create a timeline mm. of their educational and professional experience starting in kindergarten. Oh wow. <laughs> Right. And so we went far. I was like, ooh, you wrote your letters. Yeah. You learned how to write and then you learned how to cut and then you learned how to play X, Y, and Z games. And then you learned how to read. And they were like crying and like just touched by the the process of being able to tune in to all the things they've accomplished. Right. Right. And recognizing how they've minimized all of those things. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might think it's silly to acknowledge your kindergartner that, you know, did a good job in kindergarten, but it feels really good when you do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that was really hard work. Yeah. That was really hard work at that juncture. We look at it as like, that's not a big deal. But at that time, that took massive concentration and Amazing. energy and focus and, effort to do whatever it was that they did. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that that happens at, at every stage of development where the elders kind of reflect upon even in teenage years, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not a big deal. You're just heartbroken. You'll get over it. You know, there'll I be know. A, but like, that's their first, that's the first time. And that time is really hard. And there's so much learning that's happening in, in different connections in the brain that are happening during those experiences that they feel super intense to them. And it's so important for us as the adults to acknowledge that. Exactly. Exactly. And most of us have had that experience, you know, growing up of not having the acknowledgement. And so to be able to gift yourself that Mm -hmm. as an adult is priceless. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it all ties in right to like what you're saying of the, the not enoughness it starts um, in the early years of like that, that emphasis on 
well, you have to make straight A's or you have to be on honor roll. You have like all of the pressure to perform um, at like exceptional levels in all Mm -hmm. areas of life. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure. And I don't know if that's like an American society thing, or if that's like a global conditioning that people experience that everywhere, no matter what culture they're in. But certainly Um, in our culture, I mean, that's the message, right? I mean, you're no one until you get the degree and the job and the house and the stuff. (laughs) And then you're in an environment working where you're still no one and you're still told that what you're doing is not enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of those kind of shame driven messages. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that in every corporate setting in America that occurs, but I do think that that is a dominant leadership style within our workforce. Um, I agree. I'd say it's fairly common. And that too, just, it goes back to where women are, like why we feel stuck and depleted and exactly, exactly. And, you know, once I start talking about the systemic piece, Mm -hmm. right. The patriarchy, etc. And women kind of start to wake up a little bit, you know, you see their eyes kind of open up a little bit more, you know, come to life a little bit more as they recognize that this is much bigger than them. Mm -hmm. So it can't possibly be them. Right. Right. That's so good. It's it's a systemic issue. It's not you. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to fumble through this system that creates a feeling of constant failure mm-hmm. right and of not enoughness like you said especially for women because they have that double whammy in a lot of ways I mean they can't win we, we just can't win you know <laughs> if you're a mom and you stay at home and you don't work oh, oh, you know, right. look at her she stays at home if you're a mom and you work and you don't stay at home oh boy she doesn't stay home with her kids it's like gee whiz what are we supposed to do it's just constant opposites you know what I mean so all we have is to pull away from the system once we know it's there I mean many of my clients I know I feel this way we're 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 pissed you know we're like oh my god we've been hoodwinked what the heck happened you know and so now you know when you move away from that then you can start focusing on yourself in a different way because you know that there's nothing wrong with you you're just trying to survive you know and thrive hopefully in the system Yeah, that's the ideal, right, is to move into a place of, of, of thriving and out Mm -hmm. of surviving Mm -hmm. Um, and enjoying. Yeah, like life can be enjoyable, even with painful things like parents dying, you know what I mean, or whatever, you can find enjoyment in your life again, despite the painful things that happen in it. I mean, I think that's that's why I said what I said earlier, a little disclaimer, you know, about what I can control because I know that there's women listening out there that might take something that I say, right? And think mm-hmm. I'm sugarcoating it. And I am very, very, very committed to not having that message be my message. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sugarcoating this at all. Life is hard. <laughs> it's got a lot that happens in it, you know? Yeah. But if, if we can pull away you know, from these belief systems, we can find more enjoyment. And there's enjoyment in loving yourself and caring for yourself the way you do for other people. 
Yeah, I think, and meaning, right? Like mm -hmm. we can start meaning, to shift yes. the meaning making that we're having in our experience. Mm -hmm. which... And redefine ourselves as women. Who am I as a woman? I don't have to fit into any category. I don't have to dress a certain way, look a certain way, be any particular size, do any particular job, be a mom, not be a mom. Like you get to choose, you know, how you want to show up in this world. And that's not easy with the constant conditioning messages that we're getting. It's everywhere constantly, you know? So yeah. it takes a lot of courage, I guess, is what I would say to, you know, decide that mm -hmm. you don't want to do that anymore, that you don't want to live like that anymore. And you don't have to know how it's okay, mm -hmm. right? That's where we come in. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. enough to say, I don't want this and I don't know what to do. And so I'm just gonna have somebody help me. It's like, yeah. great idea. That's an excellent first step. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to know where, where we're know. headed or how to get there. A but... lot of my coaching clients come in not knowing. Mm -hmm. And they they feel very ashamed of that, you know. And I'm like, well, why would you know? Right. You know. Right? I mean, you, you, up until this point, you've been conditioned to to be a certain way. You're just getting to know yourself again. You're getting to know who you are, how you function, what you like, what you don't like, what works for you, you know. And starting off with knowing what you don't want is a great place to start absolutely helps you define more clearly what you do want. Mm -hmm. And I think there's another piece here that as young people, we're taught to envision our lives and the, mm -hmm. the storyline that we are gifted as children through books and fairy tales or whatever, right? And the messaging mm -hmm. is many of us might visualize up to a certain point in our time. Like I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get the degree. I'm going to get the job. I'm going to get married or not. And I'm going to have children or mm -hmm. not. And then it, and then it kind of ends there. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> right. So then people get to that point and you wonder like why people are unsatisfied right. because there's so much more available to them that they mm -hmm. hadn't allowed themselves to dream. Yes. And and, and so like, I think the work that you're doing, empowering people, it, it gives them that opportunity to redream the life that they want to live. That's perfect. Cause my tagline is your life reimagined. Ah, there we go. Yeah, you, you hit the nail, the nail on the head there right now. Yeah. And I think part of, you know, that, that piece around starting with your not knowing you know, and gently tuning in to your knowing is mm. about learning to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when you trust yourself, then confidence comes with more ease. Yeah, so true. Right. And so mm -hmm. helping women understand that everything they need is inside. Mm -hmm. Right. Their inner knowing is there mm -hmm. and to learn to trust it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And I think we're, that's another thing that's conditioned out of us. Um, yep. Right. We're conditioned exactly. not to trust ourselves and mm -hmm. to look ways. externally mm -hmm. for what we need, you know, right. Yeah. Versus finding the resource within completely agree. So what, once you start diving into your inner resource, woohoo, 
that's that's where the good stuff starts happening. I agree. I agree. And then we're not waiting for that thing out here to happen in order to feel a certain way. Um, we're exactly. able to cultivate that on our own, mm-hmm. um, which is a, mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. empowering. Mm-hmm. And empowering because I think, you know, with, with the conditioning, women are waiting for something outside of themselves to give them yeah. what they need. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and that's so disappointing and mm-hmm. painful, you know, over and over again for all of us you know and so once you realize that oh wait I can give myself I can give myself what I need I don't have to sit around and just wait and then pout because I don't get what I need no I can actually take a step towards that you know and that's not to say that we don't need other people of course we need other people but you can also again find your inner resource Mm -hmm. yeah and give give it to yourself I think we need to like revise the fairy tales that we, um, you know, provide to our young people um, about like the myths that are put out there, which really are focused on like, once you have this relationship, well, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, that then your life will be magic. And your life can be magic wherever you're at without all the things. but we have to shift the, the messages in the media that people are, I think, given um, to help them see that is possible mm-hmm. for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what, um, what kind of offers do you have coming up in your coaching business? I know you just mentioned, you just did a retreat, a half day with a retreat with people, but what other offerings are you, um, do you have for people that might be interested in working with you to reconnect with themselves and find that place of um, empowered being and uh, being able to be more intentional about the life they're creating for themselves. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in the process of updating my website, but if you go to my website right now, you will find a couple of freebies there. I have a a video that's called, or a little um, virtual webinar that's called Doodle Your Stress Away. So I talk about stress and how we can use doodling and the creative process to move through the stress cycle. And then I have a little, a little PDF about, about the 10 ways that you can doodle, which is really fun. (laughs) Lots of different shapes and, you know, ways to do it and stuff, which is a lot of fun. And um, in late June, I'm going to be offering um, a four day, I mean, excuse me, a four week group coaching program called Inner Saboteur Be Gone. So we're going to talk about the inner critic. We're going to talk about where it comes from, really understand it, really dive in, you know, to what is happening when we're having that experience and move towards not eliminating, right? Mm-hmm. But I call I call it dulling, you know, mm-hmm. lowering the volume of, mm-hmm. of the inner critic. I think that it's in some ways it's part of being human, you know, to yeah. have that voice kind of pop in every once in a while. But to not get attached to it is the key, right? That it's just the voice that pops up and <laughs> trying yeah. to protect you in some way from something new that you're trying or whatever, you know, and that it's okay. You can, you can, you can work with it. 
Yeah. You can learn to work with it instead of resisting it or, you know, trying to fight against it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about Super that. Super important. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. So information for that is on your website, which is www.miriam.com. Martinez, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z, coaching.com. You got it. All right. Yeah. So I don't have, I don't have the information for the inner saboteur yet, but I think what I would recommend for people to do is to just sign up for, for my newsletter. Okay. Um, and that way they can get the information as soon as I put the landing page up. Awesome. And it's a fun way to, you know, get some blog posts from me. Uh, I, I'm not into like a lot of advertising and stuff like that through my email. It's for me, it's really just offering gifts to people, you know, mm-hmm. nuggets, of wisdom or whatever. And every so often, you know, sharing what my offerings are. So my intention with my, with my signups is just to provide people with valuable information. Awesome. Awesome. So I will put links to that in the show notes for people to head over to your website and sign up for the newsletter or download the freebie on stress, stress, doodling your stress away. Yes. Um, We have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. That one's a good one. I like that. Mm -hmm. Do you do like untangling type stuff? No, no. We just, we just really use markers and I have like a lot of different formats, you know, that we use the doodling for, you know, whether it's stress related or whether you're working through an emotion or, you know, whatever it is, we go into like the specific ways that you can use doodling to work through some of that stuff. Fun. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom and encouraging words, uh, here today. And I hope that listeners find a lot of value in the conversation. Yeah, you're so welcome right now. Thank you for having me. And I I wish the same. I I hope that the people listening, you know, get a lot out of this conversation and that they take a a step. Mm -hmm. Just take, Mm -hmm. just take one little, little tiny step forward, whatever that is for you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. And and let your light shine. Let, Mm -hmm. Let your light shine. Don't forget that part. We're all waiting for it. (laughs) That's so true. If we were all shining brightly, like, wow, what a Mm -hmm. different world we'd be living in. Right. Yeah. So cool. Exactly. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the creative psychotherapist. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Miriam. Um, I just found her to be really heart-centered and um, I think she's doing a beautiful job sharing her wisdom with people and connecting them to their own light source, which I think is a beautiful thing when we're all operating um, at our best and uh, feeling really empowered and enriched in the work that we're doing. Um, we're living better lives. And that's just, I mean, our goals, right? Our goals to help people live like their best lives. And we want to live our best lives too. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. And we'll uh, talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.